Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast. From studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong. We're live. Are we live? All right. Live. Uh, good evening, Matt. Podcast 6 from Westbrook, Maine, Studio 308. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad we're doing this. We have our regular announcements to make. The main thing for everybody is August 5th is the push-pull. And if you check on our brand new website, uh, I think you'll find the exact amount of days, hours, minutes, and seconds till uh, 9 a.m. that morning. It also gives you all the information you need to sign up, what the prerequisites are, if you will, the, APF, the link to the APF website. With the different weight classes, the different divisions, it makes it very clear, very easy to find. Everything's there, including an entry if you need to print one. Exactly. But, so the two main things are the meet, August 5th, and please check out our new website. It's got several pages and an e-store to come. It's not there yet, but it will be. Yeah, it looks very good. Uh, I can't remember his name. What's his name? A shout out to Brian Harris. He did it. Brian Harris, you're doing job. a great job. We're impressed. I'm very impressed. It and looks if great. anybody is looking for that type of help, Brian is now available for that. He's done websites for Sony and Triumph Motorcycles. So there's nothing that he can't do, I don't think, website-wise. You can tell he really knows what he's doing. Anybody wants him, give me an email, give me a call. I can get you connected with him. I also want to give a couple shout-outs here. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on briefly was uh, the little SoundCloud scare that happened there. All of these... Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, you probably can't tell, but if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, you're probably aware of the SoundCloud scare that uh, that happened in the last week or so. So uh, shout out to Chance the Rapper for buying or willing to invest in SoundCloud. That helps this little powerlifting podcast. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to, again, to the West Side versus the World documentary. I, I did my pledge for 40 bucks. You should too. Um, Again, it's a great. It's going to be a great thing. Forty bucks, you get a copy of the movie, hard copy, downloadable copy, two bonus discs, which you won't be able to buy once the movie's out. So go on Kickstarter.com, search West Side vs. the World. Even if you pledge a dollar, you're helping them reach their goal. I think they're in like 50 countries or something now. So let's uh, let's keep it going. I know we've got. I don't know. We actually have reached an international audience, Maddie. We've got a listener from Thailand and Australia. Really? So, if you're listening and you're from either one of those places, thank you very much. Excellent. Yeah. Now, this I didn't know about this, uh, the pledges. So, they're trying to get uh, their final distribution money together, is that it? Exactly. So, basically what they've done, from what I understand, is they have recorded most of the movie. They've got all the uh, content, if you will. Right. But now they got to do all the legal stuff. they got to get a commentator. they got a lawyer. I mean, if you can imagine, if you've got to distribute anything in 2017... There's some legal aspects to okay. it. Okay, all right. So I think they're searching. For, I think they're looking for like a hundred grand to get the uh, to, to finalize the movie production. They're halfway there. They're less than. I think they've. There's still plenty of time on it, so it should be a, a no-brainer, easy gimme if you're into Kickstarter. Um, you know, pledge five bucks. I know if you pledge. 
I think if you pledge over a hundred, they'll put your name in the credits or something like that, which is kind of interesting. Okay. And well, that sounds like a good deal. Yeah. Tell us that place one more time. It's Kickstarter. Uh, if you go to Kickstarter.com, which is the crowdsourcing website, if you're not familiar, uh, and search Westside versus the World, or if you just simply search Westside versus the World on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you should be able to get your way there uh, with a few clicks. And it tells you how to do it. Absolutely. So look at it like this, everybody. If you feel like you're just donating to some cause, it means nothing. You're donating to the promotion of powerlifting, ultimately. And I think we keep we keep talking about this point. But the Arnolds and the Joe Weeders of the world, and now the Louis Simmons of the world, are helping to promote this sport, where the others brought they brought the whole fitness uh, generation to where we're at now. We probably, like I said from the start, we probably wouldn't be sitting here without these different people. Yeah. So. All right, so this podcast, Maddie, is just you and I. It's a little bit of a host chat. Yeah, we're lonely in 308. We're lonely in Studio 308. It's uh, it's a little cooler in here yep. with one less body. Next week, we will be having a very special guest, Dr. Hurt, Melinda Do- Hurt. Dr. Melinda Hurt, a powerhouse. Serious powerhouse. Melinda Hurt is a 200-pound bencher, 400-pound deadlifter. Right, 200-plus bencher, 400-plus deadlifter, 400-plus raw squatter. She's probably stronger than your boyfriend. She's probably stronger yeah. than your dad. Yeah, uh, she's prettier than all of them. And she's definitely prettier than all of them. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Or look forward to that one. She'll uh, I'll be very... I don't really know her that well, so it'll yep. be interesting interviewing her and kind of digging a little deeper to see... Uh, yeah, find out another, how she trains and exactly, what and she's got planned. Her goals, yeah. etc. So... So we don't really have a real theme for today. We're kind of just chatting. But I thought one thing that would be kind of interesting to talk about, you know, we've got the push-pull coming up, obviously. I will be competing in the push-pull. You will not be. I will not be. We're both in training cycles, and obviously they're in different phases. So I kind of wanted to talk to you about, as someone, it seems like you're always in a cycle. You never. It seems like you're never in really an off-season. I'm not. Say. It's true, but I have, I took up, I took up with Louis Simmons a long time ago. Not, I never got there, but I knew him, talked to him a lot, and I took up his training, his training approach, a long time ago, 1992 or three, and I've never left it. So if you're familiar with it, they're basically ready to compete most of the time. If they're not, they're two or three weeks or six weeks away from competing. So they're never really off cycle, but they're not. They're not killing themselves by maxing out all the time either. If you followed their training style, which you and I have talked about, yes, they they max out. They check they check where they're at. They do it with different bars. They do it on a box. They do it with a board on the bench. They're not killing themselves in that fashion like you might think. So, i.e., they are ready to go most of the time. That and that's where I'm at. Okay. So you are um, are you. I guess, when did your cycle begin and when does it end, or does it not work well, like that? Well, I finished it, one in, uh, I was hoping to compete in May. and it, it past did, May? Yes, okay. it, it just didn't work out. So I basically finished a, another one of these mini cycles that, I, that we always talk about. And uh, so after that, we just coasted for one week, and I, we've started another uh, bench, squat, and deadlift cycle. And again, it's, it's, all, the, it's all the conjugate stuff. Yeah. Max you've seen us, day. but it might be a load of chains and, and le- less bar weight. It might be off a high box or a low box. We might be benching with boards. I might have a slingshot on. I might be pulling with bands or against bands, but it's always a cycle for me. Okay, so you yeah, you don't really ever you always have a plan when you step into the gym. I, right? I have to. You have to. In fact, I think I showed you my bag full of training books once at night. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty extensive and it goes it a goes while back to nineteen eighty. 
I have every workout I've ever done. That's crazy. Written down. So do you? I guess I'm curious. How do you like? Do you have your workouts planned for next week, next month, the next three months? Uh, they were all planned for next week. For next then, week. Actually, that's a good question because we're gonna we're gonna draw something up, deadlift wise at least for the week after. Okay. Yeah, and I think we'll start a, a nine week cycle. Okay. Do you have any specific goals that you're looking to get out of that cycle? I can't say that it's going to be a simple finish with X amount of pounds. But I, my goal is to finish the cycle and maybe beat the poundage I did off the last the one. previous cycle, yeah. sure. Add a few pounds, five right. pounds to it, or yeah. five percentage, or whatever yes. it may be. that's my goal on that one. Okay, so speaking of training cycles, I got a question for you that I think is it's probably a tough question. Um, so if you're, uh, so I'm in a training cycle right now, obviously, yeah. for this meet. Yeah, you're getting ready to, to compete. I'm very close, yep. I'll be uh, kind of going through a peak, and I'll be deloading soon, and then I'll be pulling heavy on the 5th. I noticed you tonight, you pulled against the bands? I did, yep. It was like 7, no, no, it was probably like 60% bar weight, and then 75% at the top with everything all said and done. Of what you want to get for a max? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I'm working with uh, 585 is what I'm working as my my one basically, which is about 20 pounds more than I've ever pulled. That you just pulled tonight? No, no, that's oh. what I'm basing my numbers off of oh. right now. Well, I've seen you pull 600 off blocks. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and you have to get it from the floor. That's off the short block though. Yeah. Okay. Yep, short blocks. This I, guy's strong, I, folks, is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie. I guess what I had a question, and I think this is a tough one because. For a lot of people, you know, real life happens in the middle of powerlifting. So, I guess what I wanted your opinion on is, say that if I were, say you're in the middle of a training cycle, yeah. and you injure yourself, or maybe you just have a bad week. Yeah. How do you, do you repeat that week, that you had a bad week, do you jump back in, or say you got sick, that you, you couldn't go to the gym for a week. Yeah. So you've missed, you know, basically 10% of your cycle. How do you get back into that? Well. What I've always done, now are you meaning you, you actually missed or you missed a lift? Or you missed the workout? Like you didn't go to the gym. You didn't go to For the whatever gym. reason, real life happened, you got a okay. car accident. All right, but you're able to then re resume training. Exactly, in a week or so, two My, weeks maybe. This is how I've always done that. Whatever the week, the previous week's number was, I combined it with the next week's. So you if I was supposed to do, if I was supposed to, uh, I don't know, bench uh, weight X for two reps, on uh, Thursday of week one, but I missed it. I couldn't get to the gym that day. And then it was gonna be weight Z the next week. I would take both of those weights the next week. That's how I always did it. So you do double the work, basically? I did, yes. Okay. Yeah, I warm up a little different. I treat the, the previous part of the week a little different, but I would always ha catch it up that way. Okay, so now let's say you, so if you miss an entire week, you know, you're gonna miss Squat, bench, and deadlift, right. and you know, overhead press, I mean, whatever accessories yeah. you may yeah. have. Now, let's say you just miss Wednesday, and let's say Wednesday is bench day. Yes. And, for example, let's say Friday is squat day. Would you do bench and squat on Friday? Or would you kind of, would you bump the schedule out, and maybe you bench on Friday and squat on Saturday, and then reset it the no, next I, week? No, uh, many times I've taken and combined the squat into the uh, bench into the squat day. Okay. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. Oh, in those situations. Right. So it sounds like you would never omit the workout. I, n I can't remember one that I did. Okay. Only because that's me. I mean, some people doesn't mean that much, too. Right. But that's how I do it. Yeah, because 
it's funny. You can ob- obviously there could be the the situation that we just discussed where you you can't get to the gym. Real life happens. Yes. Um, but let's talk about the other miss. What if you, you know, say you're getting up there, you're pulling, you're supposed to do eighty five percent or ninety percent for five singles, and you only get two singles because you missed one, or you, can, you can't, you couldn't, you couldn't break the ground. But you did that. two. Yeah. Okay. How would you? Would you bump it down? Reevaluate? Wait for another day? If first of all, I can't tell you when the last time I missed a lift in the gym. Okay. Okay, because that's how I plan the cycles out. Yeah. I can tell you in the meet because I miss plenty of lifts in the meet. Right. But in the gym, I don't want to miss any lifts. So as I look ahead, I'm looking at numbers I know I'm going to get. If I miss them, it, I don't know why I would miss them. Something because something I just is way off. Yeah, I just haven't. I can't. I, I so I can't tell you with that. And not because I'm Superman. It's just because I plan it that way. That's just my philosophy on it. In training, I don't want to miss anything. Ever. Okay. Ever. That, yeah, you get you get asked ten people, you get ten more answers. Right. Because okay. I've had I had an experience with my the last cycle that we did when it got to the last say you know, basically the last heavy week before the deload, things weren't going as planned. The team was very fatigued. And it was a lot of a lot of missed lifts in the gym, and this became very discouraging to the team, yeah. who was about to step on the platform. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that was a matter of picking uh, like our percentages we were overshooting, or that it was? I guess I'm just you know, how would you alleviate that problem in the future? Well, first of all, I'd say since it was not just you, you said it was your it was team. The whole team. Okay, so now we know it wasn't just you. And so now we know that it was the, the weights picked, the percentages exactly. de- you derived. Okay, so now we know that was the issue because everybody missed it. Everybody was missing. Mm-hmm. So are you asking what do we do to get by that or what do we do in the future? What would we do in the future to uh, be proactive? You know, we did one training cycle. It didn't work. Let's learn from our mistakes. Okay. How would you correct those? I take a look at what I did, go back to the weight I missed, I, let me take that back. I go to the... You, you were prepping for a meet, yes? Yep. I go look at the weights I made. Okay. Okay? And then I would make out my cycle, however you want to do it. If you want to do it my style in the three-week waves, or you want to take it through 18 weeks, however you want to do it. And you know what you can make and what you might not make. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take all the weights I know I can make. Right. You know what's a definite and you know what's a stretch. Right. So, you and you still have that little bit of a opening in the training where when you feel great that night you're going to take one more with another 5% on the bar okay. 8% whatever it might be you, that way you leave yourself room to hit a nice a nice heavy one and still not be overtrained right alright okay now if you're talking about 100% and more I don't do any 100% or more in the gym that's, that's for the me. Yes. Gotcha. I, I think that's a, I think that's a common theme and That's another thing I could tell you. I can't tell you when the last time I maxed out in the gym. I couldn't tell you. You don't have gym PRs. I don't have it. Well, I have gym PRs, but they're my my meat PRs are better. Okay. So so that's my philosophy there too. Uh, particularly on deadlift, but it, I'm but I'm the same way on the on the other two as well. Okay. So, we've got we have the push pull coming up. And something that I've been thinking about doing the programming for the guys that I work out with, seeing other people do their programs, 
programming for a push-pull versus a full meet and what to do with the squat? Yeah, that's a good question because I have two people. I have two or three people getting ready for okay. it. So we and don't they're still the, squatting. Absolutely. You never throw out the squat because it gives you a solid base for bench and deadlift. For uh, bench, it builds your shoulders. It thickens your shoulders. you got to have them for bench. And for uh, deadlift, i got to do them to, just to warm up. Now you guys almost always squat before you deadlift. Yeah, even if I take two plates, I gotta, I gotta do that motion, and then I can get in position to pull. And then the third reason would be, it's just you, you just don't want to get away from it. Right, because you're ultimately going to be doing another full meet, in yeah. theory, eventually. I can remember back in ni like nineteen, I think it was like nineteen seventy nine or eighty. I told Marty Joyce, you know who that is? Yeah, he's, he's one of the greatest deadlifters ever. I said, I'm not gonna squat this summer. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leg press. He said, oh, really? Okay. Well, you try that and you see how it goes. So, it, my, you know, I came back in the fall to squat. It was nothing. I had nothing. Just the muscle memory was gone. Yeah, he said, you keep doing your leg press and you see how things go. So for programming and thinking about what to do with it, is it, do you treat, obviously you want to still treat it as a main lift. But with, le with less emphasis? Yeah. I guess I'm just curious about it. It's a really good time to, to hammer technique. Okay. And what's the best way to hammer technique? 60-70%. Right? More volume. You, your back will be fresh because you're going to want a big pull. You're trying to get a big pull. You're going to a push-pull. Exactly. You, you won't be hammered like you were if you were pounding squats out. And they all, and let's you know, I don't have to tell you, heavy squats beat up your shoulders and your elbows. Absolutely. You're looking for a big push, too. And you're going to a push-pull. So keep squatting. This is a really good time to hit the safety bar. Save your shoulders. Save your elbows. You're not that concerned with your squat technique right now. You're not going to be doing them. Hit the safety bar. Hit. I saw you with the cambered bar. Yep. That saves your shoulders. Absolutely. Saves your wrists. Great time to do all that stuff. And you still can. You can still really. You can still really pound on the squat that way. Actually, now that I think of it. So if you're if you're training for or if you're trying to put together a push pull program, is it the, keep it at seventy percent basically and work in the on the squat side? Yeah. Never go above that. Should you still go heavy if you're doing a push pull? Should you still go heavy on the squat? Maybe once well, in the middle? Or? Yeah, well, yeah. So if you gave yourself, you know, let's just say you gave yourself eight weeks. We've already talked about this. Twenty. I know people will get bored with my three week mini mini waves. Do at the start of it. Do a three week mini wave on the squat. On the third or the fourth week, hit a heavy squat, and then as the meat gets there, Take over the next wave. four weeks. Yeah, but keep squatting. Okay. Yeah. Cause we, yeah, we've been doing, uh, we've still been squatting. We've just been I, I think, you know, I, I did actually hit, uh, what was it? Uh, I saw you. It was with, a month, oh no, it was, I mean, we talked about it during the podcast. I see you with like five plates? Yeah, it was, I got 555, yeah. which is a PR. All right. And, so, but now I haven't gone over four, four plates has right. been where I've been cutting it since then. Right, so just think, also think about it psychologically. You feel good after you hit a heavy squat. Oh yeah. A little cocky. Absolutely. Give me the bench and the deadlift too, then, right? Yeah. And oh yeah, I don't have to squat. So this is great. I hit a big one, and now I don't have to do it. I'm gonna go do a really good push pull. I think squatting is the most intimidating part it's of stressful. the powerlifting. Yeah, it's stressful. Yeah. The deadlift is obviously the hardest part. Your toast. Yeah. But the squat, highest likelihood for for a bomb injury, out, for injury, and for a bomb out. I know for geared guys, it's even worse. It's hard. It's hard for geared. It's hard for the judging. It's just the it's the anxiety because it's the first lift. Exactly. And you've got right, you've been putting 12, 16, 18 
weeks into this. You're probably squatting twice a week. If exactly. You're, depends and what, if how you, you train, do one thing wrong, you could be out of the meat. Like Eddie Cohn says, could be hospital time. Yes. The other thing is, uh, before my time, they used to bench first, I guess. Really? Yeah, they went bench, squat, deadlift. I imagine they went... Early, mid-60s, I think. I think I would imagine that it's based on what's the most dangerous. Like in a triathlon, you swim, bike, then run. Yeah, so it goes from not, the most dangerous to the least dangerous. You have to ask somebody when they, when they, I don't know when they changed or why, but I, I know they used to do bench first. I don't, know, I don't know too many people other than you who I'd be able to ask that question well, to. Well, I, I can ask a couple of guys. Okay, yeah, yeah I'd be curious. I'm going to guess maybe 1970. Okay. Yeah. Because powerlift has only been around since, what, 65? Officially sanctioned. I think the first Worlds were in 66. Okay. So, and at that point, as far as I know, bench was first. Yeah, I'd like to know when and why they made that switch. I would have to think that it was. Maybe they had a couple meets where everyone was dropping their squats or something. I would think, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then probably the guys started saying, we're going to get that out of the way. I feel better. Don't you feel better after your third squat? Yes. I'm like, all right. Now Especially we when you're dealing with knee wraps. It's yeah, it's like ass. now we can have the meat. Exactly. Right? Yeah. God, knee wraps, I think, make it exponentially more stressful also because you've got to time the wrap. And that is a whole... Timing if you, the wrap. You know, making sure that <clears throat> when you're three people out, your first knee wrap is getting buckled on because you don't want to... You know, there's certain federations where you got 60 seconds yeah. to get on the platform and to hit it. Right. And if someone, you know, if someone ahead of you drops the bar or injures themselves, now you got to make the decision, do I try to rewrap or do I just yeah. keep them on? And I know Mark Bell has a story of that happening and he never, he just left them on, his feet fell asleep and he, yeah. and he dumped a 1,100-pound squat or something. Yeah. It, that's part of that, the whole stress part of, the, of squatting. Because you're gonna, I think most of the raw still equals knee wraps at most of them, right? Well, so you want to use EPF and RPS, maybe, but uh, not USAPL, not yeah. IPF, obviously. Most of them, though. IPF is has raw knee wraps or no? No, you can't wear knee wraps. Nope. for their raw. It's it's sleeves, uh, sleeves, exactly. Sleeves, okay. Yep. Anyway, if you can wear them, you want to wear them. Of course, you don't want to squat less. It just adds to your stress level. But I want you to think about this. When I started, nobody wrapped your knees for you. You wrapped them yourself. You wrapped yourself, and we were a few years into it. The gear came out, so you uh, got that gear. You literally couldn't get down to it. Yeah, I'm I couldn't sure. get there, and then and then you were you know you're a little bit of a wimp if you had somebody wrap your knees for a while. Oh really? Yeah, like, yeah. What are you gonna have him wrap your knees? What, what's wrong with you? And then that just that's gone. Little so. ego thing, yeah. Both. I mean, you rarely I see love people. I love it. Now I just sit back and have somebody wrap my knees. So. Have you ever wrapped your knees for deadlift? I have. Did get anything out of it? No, I didn't get anything. No, I don't no. know. I, you don't see many people do it. A couple of guys. Ricky Crane. He's a big name. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Never you can Google him, folks. One of the greatest lifters ever. There's some pictures of him pulling quite heavy with knee wraps. Sumo, obviously. Sumo. Yep. And I tried that. It didn't work. And I've tried. Uh, recently, I've I've tried the knee sleeves a few times, and I just I feel like they they slow me down. I don't I, I don't feel my pop. I think that that is the biggest. Pe- I, I think that that's what makes gear deadlift so much closer. Because obviously, you know, you got people squatting 
1200 pounds in gear and benching 900 pounds of gear which you're just not seeing raw but the deadlifts i gotta i think the biggest deadlift it probably is raw the biggest de well all you got to do is look at the look at 20 years of deadlifts there's been the the three guys or three thousand pound poles and then the rest of them are the the uh, lower 900s and then that's it they haven't moved the gear doesn't do that much yeah, yeah you can't get that one of those thousand pound plus pulls was raw one of them or two of them weren't I guess but they're all conventional and I did try a conventional deadlift suit once and got essentially nothing out of it so I call them all raw yeah because I think when Eddie Hall got the 500 kilo deadlift yeah. he had straps and I'm pretty sure he had a single ply suit on I mean I don't know if that's just when you're dealing with that yeah. order of magnitude it's a safety thing just with, yeah, it looked like he had a tight suit on, didn't it? Keeping everything together. But that wasn't a strongman thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why, yeah, yeah. Uh, straps. Right. Yeah, there is a there are several conventional deadlift suits out there. But like I said, I put one on once and took it right off. I can't imagine. Getting into position must be a pain I in think, the ass. As I recall, they're essentially a backward squat suit. Okay. So they kind of... When you're bent down. You're bent down and they're really tight through here. Yeah, through the crotch Just area. Like backwards. Like you want it, you'd want it that way, and they're not. So, uh, and of course, I got done conventional deadlifting anyway. So, okay. maybe they're better now. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I know uh, Slav, who's a local puller, a local uh, lifter here, super strong, yeah, geared and raw. Yep. He pulls like a hundred pounds less in gear, and I think it's just because it slows him down so much. Well, that's I, I've mentioned it to him. I think it's because of the gear he's wearing. That orange gear, to me, doesn't have the pop, some of the other stuff. Because I feel like I've gotten a good pop out of my metal briefs. Yeah, he's got the metal, uh, I don't know who's listening or who knows what about it. He, the guy, the stuff we're talking about is the metal jacked, which is the orange stuff you see maybe at meets, maybe you haven't. But you, were, you were wearing shoe. the black yep, metal. Yep, the black metal, yep. The, the, the original line, which I thought had some good punch to it. And then I tried the orange stuff a couple times. I tried the shirt and their briefs and I didn't get I wasn't getting what I wanted so I don't know if Slav gets that or or uh, yeah to me it just seems because with sumo deadlifting 90% of it yeah let's say 75% of it is getting it off the floor would yeah. you agree and then on once, sumo yeah once, you I, can I mean, break once the, I'm at my knee I could yeah. just pop the hips and I'm going to lock it out if you can break the floor on, a, on the sumo and you're in your 98 and 100 plus percent range you have a good chance where on conventional you don't always exactly so right you see the people hedge but with the briefs or suit or whatever slowing you down that's got to if you i mean you know forces mass times acceleration if you can't put that acceleration that you're used to having it's going to you're, you're only that much there's no yeah. way you're going to get that much more but you got to remember pop. it what it, you got to just real realize what did you choose for gear because when you choose the right gear it'll really give you a good punch okay interesting that, that's what I've that's I've, I've tried most of it okay so while we're still on the topic of geared lifting yeah. I was listening to the powercast today they had Matt Wedding on yeah and he actually this is a term that I've heard you throw around I'm kind of just looking for the explanation of yeah. it and I actually I thought it was a Dynamax joke yeah but I heard him use it so I know it must be common in geared lifting right and that's uh gangster yeah so he was talking about shirts being too gangster or wraps yeah. being too gangster yeah it means tight but i guess i'm just curious right is that right yeah i didn't i didn't know they called it rap, the knee wraps gangster i've always called the shirts gangster so what does that mean to you i guess well you had one on the other day i didn't quite get you gangster i okay. tried it's the, the 
the reason you the the advantage to the shirt is that thick neckband. Okay. Okay. The lower you can get that, the closer you can get it to the bar path. Right. So I was trying to get it as low as I could on you. Yeah. And you right? can't show the armpit. And the armpit crease, really right? shouldn't be showing. You, most of the officials will tell you to pull it up a little. But when you can when you can pull that down tight and get a little bit of your pecs almost hanging out like your cleavage. Like, exactly. That's when I call that it's gangster. Okay. All right. And it's really tight at that stage. Why gangster? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> just like, the other thing is, are you, is it because you're sacking it? I'm not sure. Or but, I don't know. But it's when it's right, when you hit it right, and you're trying to hit a max bench, and you've mastered that technique, it it's a definite advantage aside from just pulling the shirt on. Okay. And wearing a shirt. Okay. You know, you, you have taken that power. I call it a power band, which is the neck band. And you've lined it up with the bar as best you can so that it comes right down over it. And then up again, it stretches it, right? Stretches it. As you Stre go down. Yeah, yep. stretches it. You decide to drive, it wants to go back together. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I just thought it was funny that someone else had I used that. Was he saying that? Yeah. I get a kick out of it. Like it was, you know, like he was saying RPE or so, uh, saying a, or PR, you know, just like it was common terminology. Then I get, I'm guessing they use it with E-Raps too then. Yeah, I guess so. Gangster. Yeah, how tight you gangster yeah. them or. What was he saying, by the way? He was saying that he liked them less gangstered, actually, because he said yeah, that he preferred know. to move. He preferred to be able to move more naturally. He's a big guy, and I've over the years I haven't liked my stuff too tight. I'll be honest with you. Okay. I always see a lot of the lighter class guys wear tight, tight stuff. Okay. And it it hasn't always worked for me, so I don't know if that has to do with the body weight or not, but I always assumed it did. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Another thing that they touched on in that podcast was how. They were talking about, and I think this was actually the previous podcast, they were talking about how Donnie Thompson's 3,000 pound total yeah. almost killed multiply powerlifting. Oh, because what? just in the fact that it almost becomes so gear dependent. I guess I'm just curious what, you, as someone who's been training in gear for a long time, you continue yep. to train in gear. I guess what, what do you think about that as far as becoming, you know, he was talking about a meet where there was a guy lifting multiply and you know dropping his first attempt squat because it, 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 he was relying too much on the gear well yeah I mean you can you can rely too much on the gear but it's it's uh, it, all it is is gear so when Donnie Thompson I think squatted 1200 that day Donnie Thompson had to squat that okay he pulled the suit on and the briefs or whatever he was wearing but, but you better be 1,200 pounds strong. I don't care if you're wearing it or not. Yeah, absolutely. You better be 1,200 pounds strong in your in your brain and in your body. I don't care what you got for gear. So so what was he saying, people? Well, I guess it was just that... I don't, I don't, I don't want to phrase it in saying that the gear lifting is all about the gear because I know that that's not... I put on a bench shirt, I put on a squat suit, yeah. and I didn't bench 500 or squat 1,000 magically. Right. It didn't just happen like that. I guess it's more thinking along the lines of... Where, okay, let's let's use the analogy of if it was a drag race. Yeah. And I can afford a funny car, and you can only afford a Honda Civic. And right. now the guy in the funny car, you know, whether the funny car is a Inzer fully custom, you know, cut, sewn, re-sewn exactly to your specifications. Yeah, uh, because he has more money. Exactly, right. Okay. So do you think that that kind of kills it? And where if you're lifting raw, it's just you got what you got. 
if you're lifting raw, that's true. You got what you got. You, maybe you got a better pair of knee wraps. Maybe you got a better belt. Maybe you took more drugs. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right? If you're geared and you make a commitment to to going gear and to getting the best you can out of yourself. I saw what Donnie Thompson wears. It was just what anybody else oh, yeah, thought. Oh, yeah, canvas suit. He had a canvas uh, suit. Typical, I don't know what he had for briefs. Typical but, uh, thing. Yeah. I think he had a, a denim shirt. I'm not sure. And uh, I think he deadlifted raw. Interesting. So, I mean, I think people people are commenting on this. Like, I think I like I hear stuff like, "Well, that's not how it was done in the old days." And I so I say, "Well, oh, did you do a lot of lifting in the old days?" Well, no. I know they couldn't have because they're too young. Yeah. Okay. Did you do a lot of gear lifting? Well, no. Well, then, what do you what do you think? Well, I just don't think it's right. This is one guy was I was going through this with one guy, so he, you know he's cutting me off at every at every path. He's you know it's not it's just not right. The gear isn't right. And I said you know these guys have to train. We all train hard, and then we add we add some gear here, and we train in some gear, and then we go. And you have to be strong. It doesn't matter if you're wearing the gear or not. I think everything being relative, you lift a little less without it. You add the gear, you're probably you going to lift a little more. And I and it's I also funny cars versus yeah, uh, fully and, modified or whatever and it is. You're going to also going to last a little longer if you had a little gear and after a while you're going to be lifting longer what i think that most raw lifters who were talking like that don't understand is that i think maybe other than the deadlift yeah the squat and bench are different movements than raw in my opinion, absolutely you you're, know you're uh, right. the vertical i mean basically what i so as i my very brief what i've learned briefly in geared powerlifting is you almost whatever the so when you bench, you want to keep your forearms perpendicular with the ground, and when you squat, you want to keep your shins perpendicular with the ground. Correct. Where in raw, they're going to go to an angle. On uh, bench or on bench and uh, so for squat, your yeah. shin stays your shin stays vertical on the geared, but it bends on the raw. I guess what I'm just saying is it's it's not like you can train raw, get to a 600 pound squat. Tug on some tight pair of briefs no. and then squat a thousand pounds that, because that's, it's so different it's mechanically. A best way to put it, it's true. Now, just to back up, I don't like to see forward knee travel on any like gear or rod. So really, no, no. So if you can work, I'm not telling you how to train. But oh no, I'm just curious. I, I don't like that. That's really tough on your patella and quadricep tendon when that forward knee travel, raw or geared, it doesn't matter. It's still your knee joint. Okay. Right. So there's something to work on. I know it's going to be... You can't probably train quite as upright as far as your upper body goes on squat without gear. But you can certainly still flare your knees in not as wide of a stance and and try to keep a, a straight shin bone. You mean more of a straight shin bone? Or, uh, well, I see a lot of that. Bone. This is what I see a lot of. I know you can't see, folks. Okay. But I'm showing him a 90-degree angle going down to about a... That's probably 40, almost 45. Okay. I see people squatting down like baseball catchers mm. sometimes, and that is really dangerous. Okay, that's... Uh, the, the, the patella tendon and the quadricep tendon are not meant for that. So if you were to... I know that you wouldn't necessarily do this, but if you were to do a max effort squat raw, yeah. you wouldn't... How, how would your mechanics change? As a multiply... Well, I probably just have to bring my stance in a little, but I still got to get a big arch, and I've got to, I've still got to flare my knees, and I'm going to fight to keep my belly out and my chest up as much as I can. 
it probably wouldn't happen the way it would happen with a suit on. But that's what that's me. That's, okay, that's my that's opinion. A, uh, no, I mean, that's interesting. And I'm that's just I'm throwing this out, folks, as a safety precaution more than yeah. anything. That's that's my opinion. No, it's I mean this is totally it's the beauty of podcasts is that we get to the, the, openly talk about the, it. The two or three knees I've seen blow out were when the were when the guys let their knees travel forward. Yeah, the ones I've witnessed. Okay, so I got another kind of change of gears. I wanted yeah. to talk to you about this a little bit. So I've come to a realization in my training. I've kind of, I had to, by the luck of the draw, kind of become the coach for the group of guys that I live yeah. with. And I think you're doing a great job, by the way. Thank you. Um, but what I'm realizing, it's not easy though, is it? It's not easy, and you know, sometimes they don't show up like today. How do you like it when you're struggling yourself and they're asking you 20 questions? Yeah, well, that's—I mean—that's the hardest part. Is <laughs> when you have a shitty day at work, yeah. and you know, I work out with a, a broad spectrum of yeah. individuals, and sometimes you see your patience just isn't there, and it's like, come He's on. He's doing a great job, everybody. I've watched. <laughs> <him. That's> <laughs> you know, some days it's like, come on, just squat, put the weight on the bar. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Put tie it up. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Other, you know, most of the time I'm all for socializing but yeah, that can make it very difficult I don't want to come off as a hard ass or yeah. an asshole I want people to be excited to train and to not dread training because I'm a dickhead coach um, so that, that can be difficult especially you know I've got a, a 9 to 5 that I work and I, then I come here for a couple hours and I train I mean, all the way from a 275-pound guy to a 148-pound guy. And when it's all said and done, as serious as you are, I know you are, you're still doing it for fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not so charging I, so anybody anything. Just so everybody knows what he's getting at. Yeah. I guess what I was, what I wanted to say, though, is that I am trying to also coach myself, which is very difficult right. because now I am making all the justifications. And a lot of times, there's a reason why there's chains of command. So I think I'm at the point now where I need to, I need to get a coach. I've recognized that the last cycle I've added, the last two cycles I've added a little bit of strength, but I don't think I'm reaching my potential. So I think I'm at the point where I want to reach out to a coach. Now my question for you is, because you're a coach, I'm sure you've been coached, is if I'm, if I'm being coached, do I then pass on my training to the rest of the guys or do I is the you know I've got I'm the coach I gotta make this so this is a little more clear so let's say I've got a program let's say that I'm starting a new program and it's a conjugate style but I've got everyone else doing a linear style should I make everyone else do my program or should I keep their program well if you're gonna train together still yeah I think you gotta get them on your program okay regardless yeah because things aren't gonna mingle right but let's say, like, you know, maybe I intentionally do it to kind of alleviate some of that, that stress that I was talking about. Because maybe, you know, oh, when I'm trying to get a max effort okay. squat, I don't want anybody, I'll deal with some people hitting 70% benches. Or not max effort. Let's say I'm doing a dynamic squat day while everyone else is doing a max effort bench day. And it'll kind of, it'll help me keep a fresher perspective, maybe. All right. So he's coming to the point, everybody that's listening, where everybody's coming to him. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. And he wants to do his own training, correct? Yeah, yeah. You want to peak now? I want to, it's not that I want to remove myself from the group, but I want to leverage myself as a coach and as a lifter. And I think that coaching myself is not 
as benefit. It was very beneficial the first cycle. Yeah. Second cycle, a little less, a little less beneficial. Third cycle, even less beneficial. So I'm coming to the realization. Here's my advice to you. Sure. Uh, let's just say, how many lifters do you have with you? Uh, seven. You have seven. Okay. I'm going to tell you what I would do. I would take one or two of them and say, have a program. I don't know if you're going to write it or whatever. Mm -hmm. You and I and you and you and I are doing this. Okay. Those guys are, uh, and you write the other guy's program as well? Yeah. They're going to stay with that. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do one monolift and one monolift or one bench and one bench. And this is how it's going to go. I'll help you any, any way I can. Mm -hmm. Every time I can. But this is how we're doing it for now. Okay. So how would, I, how would you recommend, would I try to grab the guys who are closest to my skill level, closest to my weight? Well, I was just going to say, if it were me, I'd grab the guys with the best attitude. Okay. I don't care if they can't lift two pounds. Yeah. I, I, want, I want the attitude. Yeah. All the guys that I work out with have a, have a great attitude. It's just okay. that it can be all overwhelming. Right. All right. Then and I, especially, and you do trying to do a speed bench day with seven guys, you cannot get the plates, you can't get someone on the bench fast right. enough. Okay. So, I'd still grab one or two guys from my the program you're going to switch to. Okay. And leave the other three on the, the linear or whatever you got them doing. Yep. And see if you split it up as best you could. And say this is how it's going to go for this six or eight, or how many weeks you're doing. Okay. And everybody's going to be just say everybody's going to be fine. We're all going to get through it. We're just taking two approaches. And if it works for me this time, I'm going to switch you guys to this one. Right. We'll flip flop it. That's what I would say. Okay. That that's interesting. We're all in the make sense category. Uh, no, definitely. Okay. When did you? How long did you train for before you realized you needed to coach? As someone who's been doing it for a very long time, and is now a coach. Well, I got a coach. I mean, I had I had a guy, he just said, meet me Saturday morning at this health club. I'm going to teach you the three lifts. And that's how I got into it. Okay, so, so you always, you kind of always had a coach or a, yeah, someone you, under your... Yeah, and then what happens is, you, you, if, you, if you stay with it, if it kind of consumes you like it did to me, you start coaching yourself for a while. Then you pick up a training partner here or there. Then you go to maybe a national meet. And now you see, you, your eyes get open to, wow this guy trains that way I'm gonna and you get in touch with somebody across the country or in another state or whatever and then now I'm back to the point where I'm kind of looking for somebody to and it's, I think it's mostly Scotty Blanchard he's we're, he's basically kind of like my coach right yep. now so that's how it that's sort of the evolution of it for me okay because I think that one of the things that I miss about being coached is just I walk into the gym and I have no idea what I'm going to do. I know that it's I'm going to squat, bench, or deadlift, right? But I don't know if I'm doing six, six, three, uh, five by five. I miss that feeling, and well, I think that yeah. by I don't know, or maybe I'm in control of it now, and I can cater it to myself, which I think you are more likely to take the path of least resistance when you do that. That is true. If you have that ability. Whereas if when I'm programming for the other guys, I, I'm telling them we're doing nine sets of three with chains. Yeah. And that's that. That's a, that's today's workout. Yeah, exactly. So so if you're stuck on that, you don't know what you're doing when you come in, why don't you just, for the next, I don't know, after this push-pull, why don't you just tell yourself, I'm going to do a, a, something closely related to the West, West Side style of training. So... Now you're not going to at least be confused because you know you need a speed bench day, a speed squat day. You need a, a heavy bench day and a light bench day. That takes about 90% of the confusion out of it. Absolutely. Okay? And you're on, excuse me, you're on four days that way. And by the way, you got to pull a deadlift in there too. But 
okay? Now you've, now you've removed a, a 90% of the confusion. So you just got to decide, what, where am I going to split it up? How am I going to split it up? Okay. And that's easy enough. I can help you with that, too. Yeah, all right. Awesome. And you got to tell the guys you train with, this is how it's going now. Yeah, I think I need to, I need to present it because it's tricky as a coach being, co you know, it's like a coachception type of thing going yeah. on where, you know, I may be some of the guys that I'm coaching or coaching someone else, and now I'm getting coached. I just need to make. I just want them to be aware of it. I guess I think transparency in a team is huge. I would think they'd be open to it. Oh, absolutely. I think so too. I just want. I don't want them to think them. I don't want them to make it seem, think that I'm ditching them oh, to do my own yeah, thing. No, you no, know? no. You just like in any facet of coaching or life, you say this is this is what we're going to be doing now. Things going to really work. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I would do. And yeah. it'd be better if you had something to, to hand to them. Yeah, tangible. Here you go. This is our next eight weeks. This is our next eight weeks. I didn't write your poundages because I'm not sure, but these are the sets and reps. These are the days we're doing it. Okay. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. That's yeah, because I got to now that I, I mean I, I'm basically wrapping up my my rookie year, and you can only I, I, my rookie year of powerlifting. Yeah. I, I've been lifting weights for almost a decade yeah. now, and I've been squat, bench, and deadlifting for three or four or five years or something, but as far as being a competitive powerlifter and wrapping up my rookie year, didn't hit all the goals I wanted to hit, and now I'm making the steps on what I need to do. So you had guys out tonight that were supposed to be here? Yeah, I mean, pretty much, you saw my group, it was yeah. very light. Yeah. Well, I was going to throw out an offer here. Uh, I'm, I'm losing my main training partner for like a week. Okay. Uh, Matt Smith's getting some surgery. Okay. What's so, you getting done? His tonsils are coming out. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> it's not it's not lifting related. No, but he's been my like my main partner. So I was going to say any man or woman that wants to join me for like three workouts, you want to join me? Maybe I will. Uh, he's going to have his surgery um, Monday. Okay. So you're welcome to. It'll be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. I would be interested. I Go mean, for I, my days. I watch you guys lift, obviously, and I pick up on things. But I haven't actually been a part of it. Being a part of it is a big difference yeah. than just sitting out yeah. of the uh, spectating. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably take you up on that. You're fine. It's fine. It's it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. It's been like that for years a and while. years. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we got some listener questions. Yes. You got them. I do. They are right here. Okay. We are going to start. Oh, we, got, we actually have more international listeners. Okay. We've got Susan in Quebec. Oh, our Canadian lifting brothers and sisters. Right nearby, but international nonetheless. So that's three countries now? Four if you can, if you count the United States. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hello. I am a professional trainer with approximately seven years of experience. Recently, I've decided to incorporate the three powerlifting lifts into most of my clients' programs. I do quite well teaching the bench press However, I'm struggling to teach good squat and deadlift form. Any tips? All right, that's a good one. I think that teaching people how to squat is about is very difficult. Teaching people to squat the right way is very hard. Yes, people want to squat on their toes. People want to bend way over. I mean, I'm talking about someone who's never lifted before. And you're trying to teach yeah. them how to squat versus how they would bend over to grab the groceries or something. Right, and most of them do that wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, That's why they blow their back out. I think it was probably been 10, 12 years now. I saw a piece from uh, Elite Fitness. I think it was Dave Tate. 
because I thought, you know, I'm thinking box squatting isn't for my clients when they start. I got to teach them to squat by getting under the bar and squatting. Well, that's generally a nightmare. So you, you bring just, up, there's a good chance that they're gonna it's just eat a, shit the first time. It's and, a nightmare, and it takes you three or four sessions just to teach them the squat technique. So you bring in a box, maybe parallel, maybe just a little bit higher. I can teach you to squat in 15 minutes. I had taught a kid today to squat in 15 minutes. He'd never, never even attempted one. All right, parallel box. What's her name, Susan? Yes. Parallel box, Susan. If you need, uh, if you need dimensions or height on that, but uh, it's the best tool I have in this gym to teach somebody to squat. I, 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 I would be tearing my hair out if I didn't have a box for new squatters. And do you think that carries over to the deadlift? Now the deadlift, I just came to this realization because I heard uh, Louis Simmons say it. I thought, no, block deadlifts are for, that's for big advanced lifters. Louis Simmons starts new lifters deadlifting off a block, from what I can gather. So from now on, anybody I have new, because teaching somebody to deadlift off the floor, 60 or 70% of them, that is a disaster. It's just, they don't, like you said about sitting down in a chair or getting up, it's just not something they do mechanically well. They don't have a feel for it. I mean, it's a funny move, just for anybody anyway. Put that bar up on a block, walk them up, conventional or sumo, put them in position, and they're flawless. 10, 15, 20 minutes. Take me four sessions to teach you to deadlift without So basically, it. you start high and you work your way down. Correct. I think... Uh I don't think I see many other people doing it that way. Obviously, that, it's, you start with you start with the big tens, you know, the uh, like Olympic sized ten pounders. Those and training plates, exactly. And you grip now, it, you grip it until you can go heavier. You can do. The, I was doing that off the floor. It's still a disaster. I heard Louie. I'm on the block with everybody. I've been on the box for squats for years and years for newcomers. Now I'm on the box with deadlifts for newcomers. So I know she didn't ask about bench press, but I'm just curious. Would you no. start someone with a board press? Uh... People seem to take to the bench. You ever notice that? Yeah. They take to the bench. I don't know. It, it must be a more natural feel for people. I can, I don't, it's usually one session and they, they got it. I set the shoulders up. I that's the, the biggest up, thing. Get them back, get them pinched, belly up. Legs in the right position. Doesn't seem to be a problem. Knees low. The answer is if I can't do it, yes, I bring in like a two or three board. If the mobility or shoulders are a big, a big absolutely. Deal. A lot of times it's the wrists. Yes. That people have no flexibility in there. So, Susan, that's my answer to that. If you want to get a hold of me, you know how to. Okay. And I'll give you the box dimensions, or you can get the, the pad we use, the pillow from Elite Fitness. Worst comes to worst, you could always use a utility bench. It'll probably be a little high. Yeah, some gyms don't even. Yeah, exactly. Probably be a little high, but I've used yeah. that for box squats. If you, I found one thing. If you kind of angle it so you're sitting in the corner of it, you'll be able to move a little better. Yeah, exactly. So... That's my answer to that. I don't know. Uh, that's that's like a the best tool there is. It's like a chalkboard for a teacher, a box for a squat teacher. Yeah. So you basically, I don't want to use this. It could be derived or it could be taken as derogatory, but it's almost training wheels. It's training wheels, and it's fine. And you're slowly going a little farther on the bike before you unscrew them every week. Yeah. In fact, I the proof. I saw the proof today on deadlift because I had that uh, father and son duo and they had not pulled off they pulled off the floor maybe once and they came in today and uh, they had about four block pulls workouts under their belt and I thought well 
you know, we got to go off the floor. And they were all for it, and they were right on the money. Okay. So you said you said like four sessions. So is that they had done two no weeks? I mean, in general, to go from no because we, they can only come once a week. So they they do squat and deadlift one week and bench the next. So they we're going back a long time, and it's been all block deadlifts until today. So in that case, it would take about a month. I, I think it would have taken me at least two, if not three, full workouts off the floor with them. Okay. To get them in the position, and they were flawless today off the floor. So I think with deadlift, it's easier to tell on when they're ready to go to the floor, and obviously you can, with pads and different size boxes, you can slowly get yeah. farther, closer and closer to the ground. How would you know? How would you be able to recognize when someone's has on the squat is strong enough and mechanically sound enough to take the box away? Well, because obviously on deadlift you can just kind of go lower, lower, lower. You don't want to go too low. Right. You don't want to go to a four-inch box. Right. So when I see when I see the knees out and the chest up on a parallel box, I know now we could go to a box below parallel. When I still see the knees and the chest out, and now we're below parallel, I know next workout you take it we away. Go to the box without okay. the box. All right. Without the bending and the rounding and the yeah. knees coming in. Squat mornings. Squat mornings. Yeah. I never heard that, but I like it. All right. So thanks, Susan. That was a very good question. Yeah. We've got another one from uh, local oh, uh, Ellen and Sako. Yes. Oh. Uh, again, so this is Ellen and Sako. Hello, okay. podcast guys. I've been reading about the extra workouts. Some of the lifters, uh, or some of the lift she's been seeing doing around the gym. She's wondering if they will help her. Uh, will they help me? And what would they consist of? And how many times should I do these extra workouts in a week? All right, extra workouts. This is. I'm gonna guess she's a power lifter. I would assume so. Because that's where they come in, and they're they're more for recovery as far in my in our world. The, prehab the, type of a thing. Prehab or? and rehab. Okay. Just recover from the previous day or two days workout. So. From what I can, from what I can find out, you can do about four if you're a beginner, intermediate, and you can do five and six if you're a, a, a uh, experienced lifter. So what do they consist of? If I've done a heavy, heavy squat and deadlift day, you know how your central nervous system is toast. Toast. So I would come in, and I, I just finished a cycle of these actually. I will come in and I'll do the reverse hyper, but I'll do it light. I'll do three sets of 20 reps. Then I'll go over to the glute ham, just body weight, I'm not holding weight, three or four sets of 10. Then I might take the uh, band for the banded leg curls, nothing crazy, and do three sets of 12 or 15, not these straining ones. And then I'll do some abs to finish with an ab strap. All right, so that would be like an extra workout lower body. On the upper body, I came up with a, a mini band. I do front raises, I stand on it. I do front uh, delt raises. And then I did kind of a lateral delt raise. Then I took the gray band. I did face pulls. Tie it off on the bar. I did some face pulls. This is after a heavy bench night. I did uh, then back to just a rope push down. Or I take an orange band for orange band push downs. Going as high as 20, 25 reps. Now the key to all these everybody is their 25, 30 minute workouts. Yeah, real quick. You go past that. Now you're going to get into overtraining. Or you're putting too much time in between right. the sets. These should be done quickly, I would imagine. Maybe 60 seconds, 90 seconds rest per Work set. Work your way through. Cause you're, yeah. So uh, there's an example of an upper and a lower body. If you want to get more creative, we have a sled here. You could start off with uh, 10 minutes on the bike. 
uh, do three sets of glued hand raises, take the sled outside with two plates on it, and do three trips from, to the speed bumps back and forth, bring it back in, do your abs, and go home. Just walking on the walk. Walk is take the longest stride you can, don't run. Take the longest, quickest stride you can, down to the speed bump and back is one set. So you've done three of those. Now that's after 10 minutes on the bike, three glued hand raises. Sled pull, in for abs, out the door and home. Okay. Another good way to get the central nervous system kind of relaxed again. While still getting a good... And you still get a little something out of it. get the blood flowing. Yes. As for some people, I mean, personally, I like being in the gym. I, 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 it's part of what I do at this point in my life. And some days, you know, maybe you're coming off an injury, maybe your elbows are just driving you nuts yep. or your hips just aren't cooperating. This is going to be, even if you did half of what you described, it's going to be more beneficial than yep. sitting on the couch. Now, any of the band stuff I said could be done with really light dumbbells. The problem is you tend to take too heavy of a dumbbell. Right. The lat raises, excuse me, the lateral raise or the front raise or any of those tend to go too heavy. So I like the bands for that. I think, you, we, already, we already talked about this. Don't you feel like recuperative powers out of those bands? Absolutely. So. I use the bands. I do a lot of, I do curls with the bands too yeah. is what I would throw into the upper body day if right. I had to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, you know, doing a lot of pushing, it's good to, and having strong biceps will protect you on your deadlift also. Yes. And, and they could also work as, uh, they could be kind of a break. The yeah. brake pads for your bench press. Without the, the crushing power of weight. Exactly. Yeah. And what this <laughs> this was most this was supposed to be about extra workouts, but what it really is is if you don't have a set of bands at your house, go on Rogue, go on all the FTS, go on Westside and get yourself a pair. Get you get yourself a mini band, a regular band. It's dirt cheap. They make they're really cheap now. It's, you can leave them in your car. You can bring them in your suitcase if you travel a lot for work or whatever it may be. And you can I mean I've got so I've got a rogue red and a rogue green that I usually I'll bring on vacation with me. And you can train your entire body with those. That's smart, folks. Take them up on that. Find that stuff and have some at the house. You can put it in your gym bag and bring it to your gym if you don't come here. But you ought to be coming here. That's right. And for those who don't know, speed bump to speed bump. Is like 30 40, yards. 40. I, th I heard it was 40. 40. And also, if you have access to a prowler, you can always sub the prowler in for the uh, sled. What about um, if you don't have any of those? What, yeah. what would you think about doing like a farmer's carry with dumbbells? Excellent, excellent, excellent. But don't go crazy with the weight. Guys, maybe take a set of 35s with you. Just to walk around yeah. with it. Ladies, I don't know, whatever your strength level is. 10, 15, 25s maybe. Uh, the ladies around here need bigger ones because they're strong. That's right. Our guest next week absolutely needs oh, bigger 50s. ones. Easy. <laughs> uh, again, make sure you stay tuned next week for the Melinda Hurt interview. That's going to be a good one, ladies. Yeah. Melinda is, again, one of the strongest, probably the strongest woman, I, woman I've ever met. She's got to be one she's of the gotta strongest. She's got to be ranked, though. She's right got to be. Right? There's no way she isn't. I believe she's going to the Arnold. Am I right? Is she? I don't know. We'll I, find. I well, we she, will find out next week. I believe she qualified and she's going. That's, I thought she told me that. Okay, we're going to find out. I'm pretty sure. Again, so that will be next week with Doctor Hurt. <laughs> so, I uh, again, I want everyone to check out. The website, the new website, look up Dynamax, yeah. get up on Google. Uh, make, you can find us on Facebook. You're pretty good about, po you post a video of 
every about three videos a week on Facebook, which is a great way to get a feel for the gym if you're yeah. thinking about it. It's a great way to see um, the diversity of people that's coming on here. I mean, you'll see, you know, uh, Katie McCall learning how to deadlift and pulling doing, 200 pounds. Pulling 200 pounds, and then you'll see animals like Krista Joy benching in the high sixes and everything in between. Um, so our the Dynamax Facebook is a great resource for that. As is your Instagram. Your Instagram is Dyna D Y N A underscore Max M A X X two X's underscore Jim. If you type in Dynamax with a space in between, you'll find it. Um, it, it comes up as your name, Maddie Israelson. And if you want to find my personal Instagram, it's at East Coast Meat one word. And um, of course. Find us on SoundCloud. Tell your friends about it. Find us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. It helps. By giving us a five-star rating and commenting, it'll help people find this in the future. So the hardest part about starting a new podcast is creating an audience. And by leaving a comment on there, you will help us create the audience. That See, that's stuff I don't know. <laughs> there you go. So thanks. <laughs> Now, right. I did have an exercise. You want to do one exercise yeah, of the week? Yeah, let's hear it. Somebody said we didn't This do... is what you get for listening to the entire podcast, is you did get we, to find the goodies. Did we not do a lower body one last week? We didn't do one because we had we talked about butts for an hour. But the one before that was an upper body? I think. The one we... Well, we've done Zercher yeah. and we've done Ultra Wide Bench. Okay, so back to lower body. Yes. That's what somebody was asking. Okay, yeah. Let's so I got the... Uh, won't take but a minute. Yeah. We got the uh, concentric or dead stop good mornings done in the power rack. All right. So if you're doing good mornings, everybody, there's a potential there for injury on a good morning. Do you agree? Absolutely. I think good morning is one of the hairiest exercises to learn. So what the one I like is called a concentric, which means you're basically doing the up portion of a lift. Sure. So we go in the power rack and we set the pin, the cross pins to parallel or, and you get better at it, you set them even lower than that. And when you say parallel, you're meaning where your body would be. Where like your if back you bent at your waist properly, you'd be about parallel with the Hinging floor. at the hips. Correct. So, here's how it's done, and I think what we'll do is put a video up. Concentric good morning or dead stop good morning. We're taking away that piece that might let you go too far, and that's when things happen that we don't want to happen because the crossbars are there. So we set up in the power rack, we, we set up in a squat stance, maybe a little narrower than your normal squat stance. We then go into a three quarters of a squat. So you push your hips hard, push them back hard with a big arch. Now you start to come over, good morning style, until that bar contacts the two cross pins. At that point you're tight as can be with the biggest arch you can get, but you stop completely. If you've got somebody with you, he gives you the up call. And then, it is a good morning at that point because you're coming up hard through your hips, glutes, hamstrings, and lumbar. Go back and do a half to a three-quarter of a squat. Push your hips back hard, big arch, contact the bars, dead stop. Up you go. And what day would you utilize this? So we did that on our speed squat day because we didn't feel like a heavy... I shouldn't say heavy. We didn't even feel like doing speed squats. So we squatted really light but wanted to work those same muscles in a different manner. So I would think that I would do it on the dynamic squat day. I okay. don't want it. I know people do it for max lifts. They do a max effort day with a good morning, but it's not something I'm going to do. 
So what kind of a bar are you using when you do this? I've because seen a lot of people of do it with the safety bar. The but safety bar is fine for it. A lot of guys use it. I haven't had any luck with it. So I, I've only used a bench bar. I, if I could, I would use the squat bar, but it won't fit in the against the wall up there. It's too long? It's just too long. Okay. So a bench bar or a squat bar or a safety bar, I know they even use a 14-inch uh, camber. Yeah, I've, I've seen, seen people do yep. um, with the specialty bars yep. a lot. The big thing, everybody, is the arch. You've got to arch hard, and you got to hold the arch when you've stopped. You can't relax, and then up you come. Three reps, maybe five. I don't want to. I don't want to do any singles. Everybody do whatever they want, but I keep it between three and five. So just for perspective, what if you were doing light squats that day? What would the light squats weight be? What would the weight of the light squats be, and what would the weight of the good mornings be? Well, I think we went to we went to three plates on the squat. Okay. And did just a couple sets to get ready to go over and do that, and then over into the rack we did because uh, I haven't done them in I haven't done them in a, a few months. So we warmed up with 135, and then uh, 185 for three, 205 for three, 225 I think for a couple threes. Okay. And we all had room for more, but we had There's none. There's no point of so. pushing it. No. And we got a, everybody felt good. Everybody's hamstrings were kicking up, and glutes were burning, and everything you want out of that movement. So do you when maybe you, if you already said this, I apologize. Yeah. When you start, is do you start? At the bottom of the lift, or do you unrack it and dip down and no, then go back up? No, in theory up? you are, okay? In theory you're starting at the bottom. But I like to get into the squat position so, so that I can get the... start at the normal, unrack the bar Unrack the bar, would. and if you're going to have to be in a power rack, so you got to take a step back into your squat stance, which is how we did it for years anyway. Into your squat stance, maybe a little narrower than normal if you're a wide stance person. Then we go, we start by pushing the hips and getting to about a half to three quarters of a squat. Then the hips start back more until, if you can picture it, Matt, you've come over and over and over, and the, then the two stop bars will be there, the two stop pins. Yep. Dead stop, tight as you can be, big arch, up you go. And so no big pause, but just enough to let the bar settle. And I heard you say hinge, because that's what it is. It's not a squat. It's a good morning, but it's, I think, a really safe way to do it. Okay. I rarely do good mornings, to be honest. So I think I, I am going to try to work these in. Yeah, I think I've been. I got a video in there somewhere. Okay, I think you up, you have one on your. I don't know if it's with the uh, dead stop and the concentric, but I think there's one on the Instagram. Okay, so there is one on uh, Instagram if you want to check that out. Uh, just another lower body movement that I think everybody ought to try to get in there to avoid good mornings. You mean to avoid uh, Re real good mornings? Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Free uh, freestanding good mornings. Yes, and I think that this the good morning is not something. I mean, everybody do whatever you want. I just I find ways to do these things that are I think safer and keep my longevity. Absolutely, I, it's a great lower back and hamstring movement. It's it is. I was always, just going to say, I always enjoyed it. It's definitely something that's easy to do incorrectly. So if you are curious about learning the correct way to good morning. You will have a video, but of course, stop in. Stop in. Come in. Ask, ask you. Ask. Yep. Uh, you would ask Maddie, not me, because I, I, you're gonna have to teach well, me. He knows <laughs> a lot too, folks. So don't get him wrong. But I think the website has a, some places for questions. The new website. Okay, yes. Yeah. So if you do have specific Just questions, in. call in. The number's there. The email's there. So that's exercise of the week. Concentric or dead stop. Good mornings. Do you want to build your glutes, your hamstrings? There you go. Awesome. No, that's that's a good one, and that is one that is probably underutilized and incorrectly done 
very frequently. In fact, I don't even see a lot of Good Mornings anymore, do you? No. I've seen, there's been a bit of a revolution, and I think it's part of that just because the animal Larry Wheels has been doing it. Yes. Seated Good Mornings. That's not a bad one if you ultra arch. Right. But I would modify that and do it like I'm talking about in a power rack so that you could dead stop them. Right. So you've got a safety. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I think he was. He posted a video of him doing like five plates on a safety. Oh, bar, I know they go down. They try to touch their nose on the bench and stuff. It's crazy, but not he's, for me. He's another. He's a specimen. It's not for me. Yes. All right, Maddie. Do you have anything else you'd like to uh, throw out there? Uh, we have the uh, August fifth once again, and I we we just want to shout out our sponsors because we got a new one, but we want to remember our others. August 5th, push-pull. Don't forget, keep training, keep strong. Our sponsors are the Roof Specialist. If you need roofing done, Pam and James McKegg, they're the people. Prompt Oil Change, longtime sponsor. Atlantic Heating. We have our new one, Rippling Fletcher Ford. And I forgot, we also have uh, the Centers for Orthopedics. They're always behind us. They, they bought us the plates that we use in the meats. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Which are not cheap. They're not cheap. Or they help buy them. So those are our sponsors, and we're welcoming our, welcoming our new one, Ripley and Fletcher Ford. And I don't know where they are, but I'll find out. I Perfect. think farming. Something tells me Farmingdale. Okay. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Find us on SoundCloud. Find us on Instagram. Tell your friends. Just come in here. Stop in for a workout, folks. That is the most important part of this outro. One of the only gyms where you can get a... Uh, for test run. Test run. I don't know if people also know. If you want to bring your own trainer, you bring him. Uh, all you have to do is join here. Bring your trainer. I need to, I need to meet he or she. And uh, we'll work it out. If you have a trainer and you want to sit, change locales, you, you bring your trainer here. All right. So if you're if you're working out at a commercial gym and you're training for powerlifting, bring you're your training trainer Training for bodybuilding. Training for fitness. Yeah. And you have a trainer and you're not happy with the facility, I think you'll be happy here. And we'll work that out. Awesome. All righty. Have a great night, everyone. We are out. Good night.